This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. And there's a focusing question, which is, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? That's the question that you ask. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're talking about how to prioritize what matters most. Over the last year, a lot of us have been overwhelmed by the pandemic, the realities of parenthood, and working from home. It's been difficult to feel like we're making any progress. Well, our guest today is here to help. Jeff Woods is the vice president of The One Thing and the host of The One Thing podcast. He went from employee to entrepreneur, launching a company with the co-authors of the best-selling book, The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. Jeff has been featured in entrepreneur.com and is on a mission to help people better invest their time and achieve extraordinary results. When Jeff isn't helping people prioritize what matters most, he's spending time with his family and enjoying the outdoors. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks for having me, Andy. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So for those that aren't familiar with the one thing that the book that sold, I think, 2.2 million copies, could you tell us what that is in a nutshell? So the one thing is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. And it started out as a set of principles that Gary Keller used to build Keller Williams from a small little company in Austin to the number one real estate company in the world by far. And they looked up and realized, holy smokes, there's a book here. And so he and his co-author Jay turned it into a book, published it in 2013. By 2015, it was one of the highest rated business books of all time. And they realized that there was a company here. So the three of us co-founded this company and everything that we do is about time. You know, Andy, when you think about it, it, it actually is our most valuable resource, but every single one of us has a problem. And that problem is that most people are spending their time, they're not investing it. And everything that we do is about helping people better invest their time. So they achieve extraordinary results personally and professionally in that order. And I love that. And we've talked about the parallels of both time and money on this show. They're both finite resources. We can only use them to the extent of the time that we have. We only have 24 hours in a day. And to your point, I love how you say we invest the time that we have. So we've got a lot of priorities in our lives, a lot of things that we're swirling around doing as busy parents or just busy people in general. How can we discover what our one thing is so that we can kind of, I don't know, look at everything else as not as important? Uh, such a good question. And, and the thing that we have to acknowledge is even even as you asked that question, Andy, there was at least one person that was thinking, I have more than one thing, <laughs> right? And we, we all have more than one thing. And the opportunity is to actually take a page from our childhood. Did you ever play dominoes or line up dominoes as a kid? Oh yeah, absolutely. If you wanted to knock them all down, how'd you do it? I did it one at a time. One at a time. So we, we fundamentally understood as kids, 
it would be ridiculous to stand one domino up here and one domino up here and one domino up over here and then have to knock each one down individually. We actually understood that the best way to knock them all down was to stand them up, line them up and whack away at the first one first. It's the same thing in our life. And when you look at any area of your life and on page 114 of the book, we have what's called the seven circles your spirituality, your physical health, your personal life, your key relationships, your job, your business, your finances. We have a one thing for each one of those areas and they may be different. And we do not focus on every area simultaneously. We go through life in each area sequentially, one at a time. And so it's just about first and foremost, asking the question, if I could only focus on one area of my life first, what would it be? Not to say you don't get to focus on others, just where am I focusing on first? And within that area, what's my one thing? And there's a focusing question, which is what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. That's the question that you ask to identify your one thing. And I'll break it down. It's what's the one thing. It's not the two things. It's not the three things. You only get to pick one. And it's one thing I can do. This is actually really important, Andy, because I know what it feels like to identify one thing that I feel like I should do or feel guilty for not doing, but is it really one thing I can do? Is it a two inch domino that is so small that effortlessly with the flick of our finger, it will fall. So what's that one thing I can do such that by doing it, because all the other dominoes are lined up, everything else is easier or unnecessary. I like that a lot, Jeff. I'm thinking of my goal setting last year I did for 2020. I set these big goals in 2020. I think I had about 12 of them. And yes, they covered all those areas. You talked about seven different areas. I covered probably even more of those areas. By the end of the year, yes, we had kind of a crazy year, but by the end of the year, I completed two of those 12 goals. And I think the point you made here is the simultaneous problem. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Well, first, let me share an example of what happens when you go through your life sequentially instead of simultaneously. There was a group in the Netherlands called Ouija Domino Productions. And in 2009, they broke the world record for domino falls. They lined up 4.5 million. Now, what's amazing about this, I want every single person who's listening to this, imagine being the leader of that group. Imagine standing in front of 4.5, just million dominoes lined up in front of you. And I want you to imagine holding up your hand and effortlessly knocking the first domino down. What was amazing about this is that when that leader knocked the first domino down, he unleashed more than 94,000 joules of energy, which to put that into context, that's how much energy is released when you do 545 consecutive push-ups. Think about that. One, like right now, even if you're driving, you can hold your hand up and flick the domino down on three. One, two, three. Like that is effortless. And you can imagine how much effort it takes to do 545 consecutive pushups. And here's why we share this with you is that small actions unleash massive reactions. The path to achieving extraordinary success is sequentially, not simultaneously. You do not knock down 4.5 million dominoes at the same time they get knocked down one at a time. And that's how we need to go through our lives. The challenge is that's not how most people behave. Let me give you a perfect example. You fire up your computer first thing in the morning, Andy, and what's the first thing you check? Email. Sometimes that goes right to the email. Yeah. And then you do that until you go to a... Till I go to a meeting... That's right, a meeting. <laughs> and in that meeting, you get a text message. And so you check the text message, you go back to the meeting, you get out of the meeting, have five minutes, so you check. I check the email again. 
maybe there's a meeting that I need to go to. And then you get a phone call and somebody asks, hey, do you got a minute? And you go through the day being really busy, yet you look up at the end of the day wondering if you got anything done. That's treating everything like it matters simultaneously. People have their email open. They have their phone, have all the notifications allowed. They have Slack or Teams open. They're available for a phone call. They treat everything like it matters equally and like they should do everything at the same time. And as a result, they multitask and waste 28% of their time. The opportunity is to do the exact opposite, to wake up and actually check your priorities before you check your email. To truly understand if I can only do one thing today, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. And when you are in a time block to do that one thing, you acknowledge that for the next 15 minutes, I will not be responsive to the channel of email. For the next 15 minutes, I shouldn't even know that I got a text message because my phone should be on do not disturb. For the next 15 minutes, my family's not going to come into my home office because they know in this very small sliver of time, I'm doing the one thing that matters most for the day. And if they do come in, I will say, daddy's in a time block doing his one thing. Can you please help me? I love it. I love it. It makes a lot of sense. And it's a great way to start your day. You are prioritizing. Yep. Welcome to the Woods household. That's actually how it sounds. (laughs) That's great. My seven-year-old daughter, it's funny. She will actually, sometimes when I'm doing a virtual training, she'll come in and she'll go, guess what my one thing is? And people are always like, what's your one thing? And she goes, respecting daddy's time block. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. You've trained them well. I love it. Well, that's a good way to live your life. And it's a good way to train your family up too, because not only are they doing that to respect your time, but they'll eventually do that to respect their own time as they grow older. So let's talk about how this concept has affected your life. Was there a point when you discovered it and you said, wow, this is going to transform things for me? Yeah, well, when I was first introduced to the one thing, I was in medical device sales at the time, which was a great job. I woke up every day running through hospitals, selling a device that actually saved lives. Yet deep down, even though things were good, I was lacking fulfillment. I felt like I was destined for more. I remember two things happened that kind of set me on this journey. First, a colleague of mine had a stroke when he was 35. And I remember standing in my kitchen, Andy, my wife and I had just had our first child. We bought a house in Orange County. My wife decided to become a stay-at-home mom. And I was wondering if what happened to my colleague had happened to me, what would happen to my family? The very next week, my company needed to make a change to our commission structure. And overnight, I lost 40% of my income, which I made the mistake. Let's talk about building wealth. I made the mistake of allowing my lifestyle to increase as my income increased. So when... We had normalized a lifestyle around a certain income level and that income level dropped, yet we still had the lifestyle. Oh boy, now I am watching the cash hemorrhage and we're getting to the point that the bank account's almost at zero. And as somebody who is the sole provider for the household, this is rocking my identity. I am the provider and I'm failing. The next week we had our national sales meeting. I walked into a big ballroom and on screen was an image of the one thing. And on every chair was a copy of the book. Jay Pavzan, who co-authored the book with Gary, walked out on stage. And for the next hour, he blew my mind. And I remember the whole time thinking, if you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, what would my life look like if a guy like Jay was one of my five? What would it look like if a guy like Gary was one of my five? And when Jay finished speaking, standing ovation, when everybody else sat down, I was still standing. Andy, you ever had one of those moments in your life where your mind was telling you to do one thing, but your heart's pulling you in a different direction? Absolutely. That was it. My mind said, sit down, Jeff. My heart said, go. 
And before you know it, I'm literally sprinting down the ballroom and I intercepted Jay and that began the relationship. And I, what I was unaware of was that the one thing had already become one of the highest rated business books of all time. And that created a problem because Gary's one thing, executive chairman at Keller Williams. Jay's one thing, writing books with Gary. They were actually looking for somebody whose one thing would be the one thing. What I quickly discovered, I was in a mastermind with Gary and he said, working long hours is cheating. And that made me pause because I was like, what are you talking about? I listen to all these podcasts and they say how you have to hustle and grind and outwork everybody. And here's Gary saying it's cheating because you can do the wrong activities. And if you work long enough, if you work hard enough, sure, you can muscle your way to a result, but you cheat yourself out of what it means to live a life. And when he said that, the image of my family came to my mind. Before living the one thing, I worked long, I worked hard. And I was cheating myself out of living a life. I, I would tell you, that version of me would tell you that I struggled to say no. There were so many things I didn't know what to say no to. But the honest truth is I knew exactly how to say no. I said no every day to the people that mattered most because I didn't know what to say yes to during the day. I'll say that again. I said no to the people that mattered most every day because I didn't know what to say yes to during the day. And here was Gary saying, if you want to live an extraordinary life, you have to be as efficient and as effective as possible during the hours that you work and at a pre-prescribed time, shut it down and live your life. That's what this is about. Are you clear on what your priorities are? The 20% priorities that will drive 80% of your results. Does your calendar match your priorities or someone else's? And how do you start investing your time during the hours that you work so you get the maximum return? And when you go and you shut it down, you're actually present with the people that matter most. Fast forward five years, Andy, because I'm almost, I'm five and a quarter years into living this. Not like I've been tracking or anything. <laughs> I am now a family man with a business when I used to be a businessman with a family. That's what happened. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsor. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. 
Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Let's jump back into the show. It's a good epiphany to have. Talk about that five and a half year transition. This is obviously not an overnight thing. What were some of the steps that you took? What were some of the the dominoes that you had to knock down to get where you wanted to go? Oh, simple. Just one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a quote in the one thing from FM Alexander that people do not decide their futures. They decide their habits and their habits decide their futures. If we look at how I've made that transition, all I've done is formed habits that have created that, that future for me. And the first habit that I formed, I remember, I wanted to form the habit of priority. I wanted to become the type of person who knew my priority and accomplished my priority every day. And so I asked the question, well, what's one thing I can do to develop that habit? And we have a tool that we use called a 411. It's a tool that gives you clarity on your priorities, stands for the relevant information or truth. It's also four weeks, one month, one year. I went, well, I have to have, I have to form the habit of using a 411. Okay. Well, what's one thing I can do to form a habit of using a 411? See how I just keep going smaller to like a little two-inch domino? I want it to be effortless. My lead domino was I'm just going to check my 411 before I check my email. Before I even earn the right to open my inbox and see everybody else's priorities, I just want to check my priorities first. And what was amazing is I remember getting to the office and firing up my computer and going, oh, I got to check my priorities before I check everybody else's. And I grabbed my 411 and looked at it and it was blank. So what do you think I was more likely to do? It's a lot easier to check the email. Well, I'm looking at a blank piece of paper and I'm going, well, I don't know what my priorities are. So I, that knocking that domino down made me ask, what are my priorities? And I started filling out the 411. And the next day, when I opened up my computer, before I clicked on the email icon, I just grabbed that piece of paper and all of a sudden, there my priorities were. And I found myself going, well, when am I going to do it? So I looked at my calendar and went, wait a minute, what if I just blocked the first 30 minutes of every day for me to do whatever that one thing is? And so I made that time block. Day three, opened my computer, grabbed my 411, saw the number one priority and immediately started executing on it with the peace of mind that I was not going to be anywhere else because I knew I had already blocked the first 30 minutes for myself. Here's what happened. You fast forward 66 days, which is on average how long it takes to form a habit. Sorry, people who think it's 21 or 30. University of College of London, 2009. Point of automaticity when it requires the least amount of discipline or willpower is on average 66 days to form a habit. Roughly 66 days in, I didn't even have to think about it, Andy. 
I just checked my 411 before I checked my email. I no longer felt pulled to check the email because I realized that the most important things very rarely lived in my inbox. And if there was something that was of that importance in my inbox, guess what it was also followed up with? A phone call. It found me. It never sat there. If it was really important, it hunted me down. I didn't have to go looking for it. Yeah, those are important to do. Make those habits stick and have them continue 66 days in a row, and then you are there. I started to do journaling lately, which has really helped me in the morning to prioritize what's important to me. And to your point, if you jump right into the email then you're getting lost in the day instead of focusing on what's important to you. So let's talk a little bit about how this has transitioned into your family goals too. You're a father. We talked about that at the beginning of the show. How do you prioritize time with family and time with your spouse with all of the other business goals that you have in your life? Well, every year we facilitate a couple's goal setting retreat which is hands down one of the best things that we do. And all we've done there is take the proven principles that we teach companies to do in terms of casting a vision and having accountability and applied it to personal lives and couples. And so every year I am a practice leader. Everything I teach, I, I also take action on. Every year my wife and I do a couple school setting retreat. And in that we sit down and individually ask the question, what does extraordinary look like someday from us, for us? In, in various areas of our life, spirituality, physical health, personal, key relationships, job, business, finances. And, it's, and the reason I say individually is because it's not about our answers being the same. It's about each person casting that vision. And then we talk about it because we're not going to have the same goals. The reason opposites attract are because you complete each other, but you have to understand by definition, you're not the same person and you don't have the same goals. So without being clear on what matters to the other person, you have conflict. If you're clear on what matters to them, you now have clarity. It's just about clarity. So we have, we both individually have a vision for what's important to us in life. And we've reverse engineered that to, to five-year goals and one-year goals. And, and I take the ones that matter most, the 20% goals that drive 80% of the results or the satisfaction. That's what goes on my 411 so I can break it from annual down to monthly, down to weekly. Now I'll give you a real world example. Last year, my number one personal goal in alignment with my five-year vision and my someday vision for my life was to strengthen my marriage. If I can only do one thing this year, it's to strengthen my marriage. Because if I show up as a better husband, I will be modeling for my children what a loving relationship looks like. That makes it easier for me a better, to be a better father which was number two. Well, now you got to ask the question, what's one thing you can do to, to strengthen your marriage this year? How does a kid or a spouse spell love? T-I-M-E. I realized that if my wife and I went on regular dates, we would probably be closer and our relationship would be stronger. And so I asked the question, how will I know if I'm successful? Well, I figured if we did three dates a month, 36 over the course of the year, we'd probably be in pretty good shape. So that was my goal, 36 date nights over the course of the year. We were doing great. Then COVID hit. And this is when we have to talk about what is the purpose of a goal? What do you think the purpose of a goal is, Andy? I think the purpose of a goal is to realize fulfillment and happiness. The reason you set the goal in the first place. That's a very good answer. Very good answer. I remember Gary asking this question to a room full of people and the, the general consensus was to achieve a result. And he said, you know, I used to th think that too. 
But then I realized that's actually not the, that's not the truth. He said, the purpose of a goal is to be appropriate in the moment. A goal should, inf- should inform how you have to behave right now. It should be a compass guiding your actions. And so when COVID hit, I'm going, well, getting a babysitter and going out to restaurants suddenly just went out the window. What was that goal? Why did I choose that goal? We want to be connected and growing together. Okay, well, if the purpose of a goal is to achieve, is to be appropriate in the moment, what would Amy and I acting appropriately look like as we go through quarantine? And the answer was, while we can't get a sitter and go out and do those and, and go to all these restaurants, what we can do is just have lunch. Can our date nights turn into lunch dates? And we were living in Austin, Texas at the time. We had this awesome big porch on the front of the house overlooking the park and with a little bistro table. And once a week, we would sit down and we would just have lunch together. And man, I was shocked. Turns out you don't need to spend a whole bunch of money at a restaurant to, to have a solid date. It can just be by walking outside. And we hit our goal. We hit our goal of having 36 dates, even though we were going through COVID, even though our daughter was having school at home, we still had the relationship with our goals and each other. I love it. And it makes sense. I mean, you're talking about the importance of your business goals, your family goals, even time spent with kids. And to go back to your original point, there sometimes can be so many goals that we set. But if you boil it down to what's the goal that's going to help me sort of domino the rest of them? that can make it a little bit easier. So for you, it was, hey, if I strengthen my marriage, if I take some time to focus there, my relationship with my kids is going to get better. My business success will get better because I won't be stressing about my marriage all day. Huh? I'm seeing it. Was that the thought process? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and there's something that's important to understand. I'm talking to you who's listening to this. You don't need a new way to set goals. You need a way to have a relationship with them. And Andy, it's like, what's your significant other's name? Nicole. Nicole. Do you remember early on in the relationship when you realized she was different and there was something, like you saw potential? Absolutely. How ridiculous would it have been if in that moment you looked at her and said, Nicole, there's something about you. I can really see this going somewhere. And and I'm all in. I want to pursue it. So here's what I think we should do. Let's get together in a year. (laughs) Let's see how it's going. Like, that's absurd. What you did is you started going on more dates. And in between dates, you were communicating. And even when you weren't communicating, you were thinking about her. And as things started to go in the right direction, you raised the bar for what was possible. Oh, snap. Maybe we should get married. Maybe we should move in. Maybe we should have kids. And when things started to fall off track, because in every relationship, there's conflict, you best believe you asked, what do I need to do differently to get back on track? Here's why we say this. We fundamentally understand how to have a relationship with another person. We were never taught how to have a relationship with our goals. Most people set their goals and say, I'll see you in a year. And they spend their time every day in their email, in meetings, and saying yes to God a minutes. They fast forward to the end of the year and look up and go, oh yeah, I'll do better next year. They won't because they never learned how to have a relationship with them. So this goes back to your point. You can set 12 goals. That's fine. But what most people have not yet developed is the muscle and the habit of having a relationship with the goal. Based on, and this is where the 411 comes in, based on what my goal is for the year, 
what's one thing I can do this month to be on track for the year? And based on that, what's one thing I can do this week to be on track for the month? And every week I sit down and have a date with my goals to look at what did I say I was going to do? What did I actually do? (laughs) How do I feel about that? Based on that, what do I need to do differently this coming week? Okay, and now what's one thing I can do this week to be on track for the month that puts me on track for the year? And you do it every single week. Because when you do that, all of a sudden, you're never more than a week away from course correcting. You're gonna fall off the wagon. It's gonna happen. But if you invest in the relationship, you'll amaze yourself with how much you can accomplish. And the thing that we have learned from teaching this to literally thousands of couples, as well as bringing this to organizations all over the world, is that an an extraordinarily successful year is not about setting and having a relationship with 12 goals. The truth is, Andy, if you picked one goal that really mattered and you proved that you could have a relationship with it this year, that would make the entire year a win. Because then the next year, it makes it easier to have a relationship with two goals. And the next year, you might be able to have a relationship with five goals. And then you fast forward and all of a sudden, you're the type of person that actually invests your time instead of spends it. Yeah, and then you look up and you got 4.5 million dominoes ahead of you, right? There you go. <laughs> $6.5 million in the bank. How about that? Very cool, very cool. Jeff, this has been fantastic. I'm thinking there's somebody listening right now and they are motivated. They're ready to get going with this. What is the first thing they should do following this interview? you're already listening to a podcast. I would click the search button and type in the one thing. The O-N-E-T-H-I-N-G. Every week we release an episode featuring a story of somebody who's actually living these principles, which by the way, means that they have failures. Nobody's perfect and they achieve more than they used to. And it's just a way to keep you motivated because this is a lifestyle. This is a path of mastery that you go on for the rest of your life if you choose to accept it. That's, if you can only do one thing, subscribe to the podcast. Should you earn the right to do a second thing, I would go to the website, which is theonething.com. And that's with the number one. So the, then number one thing.com. On the training page, you can learn about our couples retreat that we facilitate. We've got a vibrant community of people who, who live this. Leaders and companies, we, we talk to them about how to bring it to the organization. Like that one page shows you everything that we do. Excellent. Excellent. Jeff, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Everybody, if you are looking for that accountability as well, I think that's what great things can come out of listening to a podcast like Jeff's is you are already on this journey and then you're listening to people who are also on the journey. That makes you feel accountable to keep moving forward. So definitely go to the one thing in your favorite podcast player and check out the show. Jeff, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Inspiring words from an inspiring man with purpose. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Jeff Woods. Number one, don't try to tackle it all at once. If you're a goal-oriented person like me, you may have a problem. Too many goals. (laughs) That's why I love writing down my goals, what my week is going to look like, and even my daily to-dos. When I break it down like that, it becomes easier for me to discover what my one thing actually is. Number two, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I like this saying because it makes sense. I like to expand upon it though and say, 
you are the average of what you consume as well. That's podcasts, blogs, news sources, YouTube videos, TV shows, whatever you consume. What comes in comes out. So if you're looking to become a more positive and productive person, consume more content that is positive and productive. And to Jeff's point as well, if you want to become a better person, spend time with the best people, people you admire, people you want to be like. It's going to rub off on you. Number three, create goals that provide cascading results. If you tackle your one thing and everything else becomes easier, it's time to define what that one thing is for you. What are your life goals? Where do you want to go? For me, I know that growing my personal income by just a couple grand per month, it's going to have a massive effect on the quality of my life. Now that the kiddos are headed back to school, I could focus a little bit more of my time on growing my income. So with that one thing in mind, I'm going to align my goals for this upcoming quarter to be focused on income growth. So could you do that for yourself? Could you take some time today and decide what your one thing is? Think about it, write it down, and take some action, my friends. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific situation. A big thanks to Dan Tabbitt for editing today's show and for Alec Collins and Dan Hines for putting together our YouTube videos. You can check out those YouTube videos at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash YouTube. We are growing and I'm having a lot of fun there. So come and check it out. Hit subscribe. Before we go for the day, I want to encourage you to join our free Thriving Families Facebook community. You can join me and over 1,000 other families as we help each other thrive this year. One thing we like to do in this group is share some cool wins, some fun family wins. And a longtime member and previous guest to the show, Crystal Lee, shared this with us recently. She says, I wrote out where I envision myself in 10 years. Really bright future ahead. And I really see it happening. Positive money goals keep me going. For example, I've decided if my kids will let me, I want to take them on a mom and me trip each new decade of their life. 10, 20, 30, 40, etc. I hope we have that kind of relationship that they want to hang out with me. To me, that would be success. Wow. Talk about creating a vision for your future with your family in mind. So cool. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Crystal Lee. Can I get a round of applause for our friend, Crystal Lee? All right. Thank you so much, Crystal Lee. I really appreciate you sharing. If you want to get inspired by others in our group and be held accountable for your big goals like Crystal Lee just shared, please join us at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. I'd love to see you there. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Gary Keller. The path to more is through less. Plan, focus, and execute, everyone. Carpe diem. 